This is Coda Radio, episode 236 for December 19th, 2016. everyone, and welcome to Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and related technologies. This episode is brought to you by our two fine sponsors, DigitalOcean and Linux Academy. I'll tell you more about those great sponsors as this here show goes on. My name is Chris, and joining me every single week, no longer having to dust the snow off, why yes, folks, it's Mr. Michael Dominic. Hello, Mike. Hello, Mr. Fisher. Hello, sir. So just a full warning. This is our last live broadcast of the year. We have we have a, a clip show next week put together by highly trained experts. Mostly the beard. All the beard. Uh, so this episode, that what, there's a tradition at Jupiter Broadcasting. The last live episode of the year, there's no rules. So anything goes, Mike. Anything goes. Anything goes. As long as we don't get, uh, as long as we don't get Donald Trump uh, hate tweeting us, we're good. That's that's the only line, and there's other there's just other geopolitical reasons that are putting that pressure on us. Okay. Okay. Well, well, we should first introduce our non-sponsoring sponsor of the week. Oh, oh uh, see, we got a whole list here. Let me see. I got, uh, I got a whole list of people who don't sponsor. You want you want that list? Because <laughs> how Jet Browns? How about, how about Einstein's Olgerd Icelandic Wee Heavy? It's what? a beer. Whoa! Yes. Give it to me again. I'm sorry. What was it? Einstock with a with like a double dot over the O. Okay. Olgerd Icelandic Way Heavy. Oh, that is. It is described as a Scottish ale brewed with angelica root and smoke Icelandic barley. So, whoa! And how is the flavor? Hang on. Uh-huh. It is not bad. Yeah. Do you get the smoked barley in there? You get. That? It's very smoky. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a few uh, hoopla links to throw together. I had a I had a whole series of stuff. Plus, I know we don't really need to talk much about it. I did get Mario Go, and uh, oh. you know, yeah, some some downloads. There's some numbers, you know, but nothing nothing like that. I'm uh, in the hoopla that I am super excited to talk about. Really up front, there's a couple of things later on in the show though that I am jazzed about. So I'm kind of curious to know what you're kicking around, Mister Mysterious East Coaster. Yeah, this year sucked. Uh oh, is this is this going to be our like 2016 look back? This is our 2016 wrap up. Yeah, man. <laughs> this is a rough year. Yeah, like uh this may have been the roughest. I mean, 2015 was pretty horrible. Yeah. So it wasn't nearly as bad as 2015. This but, uh, year was harder for me than like 2008. Mm. You know, cuz in 2008 I I managed at that point in time I was reducing my contractor workload anyways and I happened to keep a couple of clients that were one was in medical and one was in solar and they weren't really hit by the recession. Yeah, and then I then I started my own business, which was outside of that that market, not really hit by the recession. But yeah, this year has been this year has been just a lot of fighting towards different initiatives, changing my mind halfway through the year on some projects, just all kinds of stuff. That oof. yeah, this this year was like a lot of um, a lot of action, but no result, kind of thing. Like I. I don't know. Even in like the open source community and the software platforms that I use, I feel like I'm trying to think of like what was the big positive thing out of this year, and it was all basically terrible. I mean, really, uh, Mac OS got worse. 
right? Right. You had to you had to bail in some cases and go to another platform, which is never like something you're hoping to do at the beginning of a year. Right. Well, that's a huge loss, right? Um, the iOS development space, I feel like, has gotten worse. I think if we were more of an indie developer focused show, you know, about like independent developers in the app store, we would be even more depressed. Yeah, because that whole mon- <laughs> that whole monetization story is just Ooh. horrible, right? That's just like bad times for everybody. I mean, the numbers are trending down, and they've been trending that way for a while. And it's basically really, really hard to make money in the App Store. Um, you know, I I guess the only thing that's not surprising about this year is how predictable everything was, right? Mm. I mean, I, I want to go back, if you'll, if you'll humor me a little, Chris, can we do this? <laughs> We've never actually challenged our yearly predictions before. You want to go back and see if we can find uh, the episode from, uh, like... Uh... January. Oh, I, I, I think I wrote a blog post to follow it. Oh, look at um, you. Did you? I think I did. Hmm. So let's just bring that up and see, like, yeah. in 2015, you Okay. So you do. Okay. And I'll go look. I'll go see if I can dig up our episode, see what we did around that time, too, while you do that. So this was an Apple focused one. What? So Weird. If, I'll put the. Uh, I guess I wrote more than one, but this one's only about Apple, or maybe I didn't. I just probably stopped. <laughs> probably got too sad and just gave up. So, anyway, yeah, this is rough. So there's a link in the chat, but I'll go right through it. Right, first off, 2015. What was the big thing for uh, for the Apple people? Swift. Well, Swift kept right a pace in 2016, right? I mean, we can't can't argue against that, right? Um, the IBM partnership. Not a ton happening there. Sounds like it's not a suck, but yeah, just not a lot of... I mean, it, I, I don't hear a lot of like developers or small shops really getting excited about working mm, with no, IBM and Swift yeah. you know, in the, in the whole consulting space. Yeah. And then my last item, it was a three-item list, sub-Apple Par products. And boy, let's talk about battery life. Yeah. Let's talk about the touch bar. Yeah, yeah. AirPod delays or AirPod delays. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, everybody had a bad year. I don't, I don't know if Apple had any particularly worse. I mean, I guess they kind of had that lackluster year. Well, I think their previous years were better than the average. Yeah, probably. I mean, I, I'm not one of these what guys. About who thinks like, what about Microsoft? You know, I, Microsoft is in a lot of ways like the most unappreciated person in this whole story, but they have a history of just not capitalizing on wins, right? I think Linux had a pretty good year. Okay, well, what is new and exciting in Linux that didn't, well, it didn't exist lose, last year? It didn't lose uh, the, the the cloud market share to some new hot competitor. There was a lot of interest in the container space. There is uh, more services running on top of Linux than ever, more IoT-type category devices running Linux. So I think it's just the momentum really is the story about Linux to some sense now. In a big way for the market, Linux is just the standard. And that's... I, but I think the area I th- was thinking of when I said it was actually the desktop for folks like yourself, not for your average user. I'm not saying it was the year of Linux desktop. I'm just saying mm-hmm. there's a category of user like uh, like Mr. Michael Dominic, who legitimately is in this category, like Mr. Leo Laporte. It's for people who like to mess with computers. For people who like to mess with computers, Linux did very well this year. And I think that's actually a really good thing. So Linux had a good year. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think I think there has been some interesting developments online too, in terms of the way people consume news and find out about new apps and they and the way reviews are passed around. Some of that's 
Yeah. But mostly I'll stay the same. Uh, I think that's a continuing trend, right? I mean, I'm, I'm looking back at my archives here. So I have this post I put up in December the 15th of 2015 uh, entitled iOS Needs to Go Pro. And in it, I'm talking about how with the iPad Pro launch, um, Apple really ought to focus on becoming the leader in, in professional tablet software. And we are going on 2017 now. We're at the end of 2016. We're actually almost you know, to the day a year later or four days later. And the iPad is still an also, I mean, it, it is the leading tablet, but tablets in general are not lighting up the world, right? Yeah, they're doing, they're doing interesting little things here and there, especially like in small business. Yeah, but they haven't created like an opportunity for professional grade software for independent developers to no. charge, you know, no. you know, 50, a hundred bucks a license. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Yeah. And that it, it, what really strikes me, Chris, is that, you know, I, I read back to some of the prediction pieces from, you know, 20, uh, 2015's and saying going into 2016. And things haven't really moved, right? There was some excitement about wearables, but they didn't really take off in 2015. There was some excitement about, you know, pro tablet software. Um, you know, maybe, maybe the biggest thing is that, like, Docker got bigger, but it was already huge in 2015, right? If anything, I think the big change of this year, honestly, in tone, in terms of like developers and independent developers, was that desperation of 2015 has turned <laughs> into like weird resolve of 2016, but really the market's been hollowed out. Do you think, uh, <clears throat> now when you're talking about this, do you think in general that just not a lot of changes here because maybe our attention was more like on elections and things like that? Maybe people are just... Not working very much. I don't know. You know, I have a theory that like everything is economics, right? Mm -hmm. And you're not going to get little companies innovating on software platforms if if they can't make money. Yeah. Um, so how do we not make this a super depressing episode? Because. Uh, Oh, no, I don't think we do, right? Oh, I think, really? I think, really? We're I, think, gonna, we're yeah, gonna... I think we just wallow in it a little bit. I mean, you, you can't, you know, we are not the Republican National Committee. We, we can't just, like, change the facts on the ground to suit our purposes. Why, are you talking about fake news? No, I'm talking about, like, not stopping someone from being your nominee who's obviously bad. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I, now you're talking about Hillary. No. <laughs> Dude, Bernie should... All right. Do you want to do this Infowars thing again about Bernie? We can do it. What? What was it? I don't know. I, don't know. I love Bernie. I think. I think. Yeah. We, we, we don't want to talk about politics, though, do we? Because I think here's the, here's my here's my theory. I think Bernie would have had a good shot if they would have ran him. I think he probably yeah, would have had a good shot. Won. That's my Bernie. So theory. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like Google Home is an improvement. I feel like the AI stuff is interesting, but I feel like it's two to three years out. Yeah. Before yeah. it's really an opportunity for small developers. I I just. I don't know. I kind of feel like it might, it might be there. So there's, so there's something that's. I've been noticing a lot of coverage of the Alexa recently, which is interesting since the home is now shipping. And did you see that the Win Las Vegas hotels are putting an Amazon Echo in that. every hotel room? Control the lights, the blinds, the te television, the temperature. You know all that kind of stuff just by your voice. By, uh, in fact, uh, they say Alexa will let guests control all that stuff I just mentioned. Uh, as well as uh, being your own personal butler at the service of each of their guests, they say it's a, it ex they say it makes the guest experience seamlessly delicious. 
Seamlessly delicious. All right, you got, I got it. You got to play this for you. Seamlessly delicious. As we have moved through the years in the development of our business, technology has always played a very important part. The thing that Amazon has done with Alexa is quite perfect. I have never, ever seen anything that was more intuitively dead on to making a guest experience seamlessly delicious. Oh! Effortlessly convenient than the ability to talk to your room and say, Alexa, I'm here. Open the curtains. Lower the temperature. Turn on the news. She becomes our butler at the service of each of our guests. That's an, that's an interesting use case for it. And uh, I can see one of many like that. And they have, they're using the white Alexa, so it looks like it ties in better with the room's decor. Uh, that's a big get for Amazon. And, you know, the more they can suss out people's intentions and what they like, the better it's going to make the Amazon's shopping platform, too. And I bet you there might be a way to order Amazon products while you're in your room, possibly. They're going to have uh, it available to uh, 4,748 guests um, coming this summer. What do you think, Mike? I don't hear you. Hello? 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 End of your spectacular and Mike muted I himself. Muted, I muted myself. Unbelievable. So what do you think? Is this – I mean, here's why I mentioned this because to me the device, uh, in particular the Alexa device, is the most friendly to third-party developers. So this seems like this is the device that developers would want to succeed possibly. I'm not sure. Your thoughts? Yeah. I mean the problem with Amazon is they've had so many initiatives and they've killed almost all of them. Yeah, I don't – I don't – I don't I, – that ah. – you know, I think you're talking about Google. No, I think I'm talking about Microsoft. Oh, <laughs> I, I really think uh, I actually think I think while I think while Google wants to have a competitor out there and Microsoft's got something too, I think Amazon's now been on the market for a year with something that's pretty compelling, and I think they've just hit it to the next level. I think they're lapping these guys. That's just my take. I think they're lapping it. I think these might get to a point where they're going to have enough. They probably have more market penetration than some popular Android phones. Not like know, really I, popular. I would be, I would, yeah, I would be willing to like try an Alexa. In fact, I've been tempted to just order one and see what it's all about. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's something. Maybe it's me, and it sounds crazy to say. And I feel bad. I know people work on Amazon. I'm not trying to be like a, a d bag or anything. I just, I definitely feel like if push came to shove, Amazon would drop this. Maybe that's wrong. I don't think so. I think this is a storefront okay. in every home. I think it's okay. So this this is actually like a fundamental beachhead. I think it really is. I think it's a beachhead, okay. and I think it's the most clever one. And I think that's why Google obviously has their own reasons to have something like this. But I think if any business, if they're because think about just even if they can even just suss out a few more of your interests by you using this device, mm-hmm. and they can improve your specific results when you go to Amazon.com, so they sell just a little bit more. And they can do that across, let's just even say, 10% or even 3% of their customer base. That's got to be a big deal revenue-wise. That the, When you take that to yeah. the scale of the, that size of it. Okay. You know, I buy that. Right. Because e- even just getting better recommendations. You know what? I tend to always buy things on my Amazon recommendations. Um, that doesn't mean I'll buy everything. It just means I'm more likely to buy yeah. something that was recommended, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that's also going to play into the more media, uh, like video and audio uh, and music content that they have. They're going to be able to pitch that to you better. I think all I think it's brilliant, and the best part is 
the all of like the um uh the ecosystem of gadgets they can now they can now you know set up deals with and feature on their website so they'll sell more of right. those things too like the Hughes lights and whatnot it just I think this right, one's so got a real chance. So let's be forward looking for just a second here, Chris. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the space. We have the. Uh, I mean, let me just ask you a question. Do you feel that Siri is in the same space as the Home and the Alexa? No, I don't. I, I think Alexa and Home. No, I mean because, well, I don't know. I really guess I, I'm speaking out of turn. The only thing I really have much experience is, with is Siri personally, and then friends that have Alexas. So, so I, I have obviously an iPhone and I have a uh, Google Home, obviously, we've been talking about for a few weeks. I can tell you that they are radically different products. In fact, I was uh, out for lunch on a meeting mm. and I said, hey, Siri, well, she'll, of course, she'll work while I'm on the air. because <laughs> yeah. You know, I did a Hawaii telephone uh, asking for a song and it took three or four times for Siri to get it right. Oh. The Home basically always gets it right unless it's something weird. Yeah, even like if I, from what yeah. I've seen, even like when it's in the middle of playing a very loud song, it still gets what you're saying. That's so. That, that, like, I mean, it, it makes me want an Android phone, but I kind of don't know if that would be much better. My, my point though is like, if this is going to be the growth market for 2017, because I think my my negativity on 2016 was that, you know, there just wasn't a new growth market, right? Everything's mature now. Yeah. Um, or locked up in a sense. It's not necessarily right. mature in the sense of stable. It's mature in the sense of market. There are big players, players there, and it's just you need yeah. capital, yeah. right? I mean, yep. mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I'm even finding in the you know app development or general software development business is it is super hard to compete with like marketing strategies and sales strategies when you don't have a couple million dollar bankroll for PPC campaigns. So that's just, you know, a side effect of a mature market, right? Mm -hmm. Do you think Apple even has a role to play in this market? Looking from that, from January 1 to December 31st, 2017. Yeah, I could see it in, in the context of iTunes. You know, you're selling, you're selling media through iTunes. I can see that. Right. I mean, that's, that's the thing. Why not partner with um, – I mean, they never partner with Google, but why not partner with Amazon? Or Microsoft. Well, they're not going to partner with Amazon because Amazon's selling their own stuff. Oh, and they hate Amazon with fiery passion. Maybe Microsoft, but I think Microsoft yeah. also wants to sell their own ecosystem stuff. So it used to be the ecosystem argument. You got One of the reasons you got an iPhone is because you got, you got the ecosystem. But now they all got a great ecosystem, and uh, you don't even need their ecosystems in most cases if you're technical enough. So that's not such a compelling argument for something like – a voice assistant because their ecosystem is mostly visual content. So it'd be mostly an Apple TV. Why not just make a fancy Apple TV? But but even in there, you're like from a, a, you're assuming there's no developer story. I can't, I just can't really, maybe they're going to try this, but I don't really see them. I don't see them having much value to offer here unless it was. Oh, I totally disagree. I mean, unless people would I what? People with iPhones tend to have more money, spend more money on apps. What are you going to buy? I mean, what are you going to buy through a Siri Home Assistant? Who knows? You can figure it out, right? A voice-controlled app, a Siri Home Assistant app. I think the the challenge is that Apple is just not going to open up this platform. They all have. They would have to because they don't have anything to offer. The only thing they could offer is a rich, a rich third-party platform. Uh, that See, I, people- I think they would rather offer basically nothing. Then you know, play. Well, you got you got to have Uber. You got to have you got to you got to maybe have like an open table or something like that. You got to have a few of those staples. Well, they have some of those things, right? Siri can like call, get an Uber. Yeah. For you so all that stuff's got to be yeah. in there. 
is this a sign of the times then? Is this a sign of the future where these development deals, these partnerships end up being actual like old school backroom partnerships? And not open access APIs. Well, I, I I don't know for sure about the Alexa, but my understanding is is that it is unlike unlike the Google Home. It, this is more of an open. Like you can even run the Alexa software on a Linux box. Right, you can just run Alexa on a server. Yeah, yeah. So, so this the, I like a lot about that because that means I can play with it more, I can learn it more. But I believe that you know I I, I don't think you have to. I'm not quite sure, but I I I, I will look into this. But I thought you could. Build your own your own bots or, or services connected to Alexa, and not necessarily have to have it approved by Amazon. But I don't genuinely know. Either way, it's aren't they all of these? But they're all you know. Anytime you have a an ecosystem controlled by a big vendor, there's gonna be there's gonna be rules you have to follow. See, my problem here is that like people carry Android phones and iPhones, and unless you're gonna get Alexa running on those platforms, I don't know how that. Alexa makes sense. Yeah, I'm, as I'm frankly product. surprised and a little disappointed that Amazon didn't do this in 2016. Why? Just like I can summon Google on the internet phone, and you can you can have Bing search on an Android. Why can't I right. have an Alexa voice interface that I fire up? And I, I, I there isn't there is an Alexa app that'll give you like the history of searches and commands and links and things like that. So I would think you would just integrate it into the existing Alexa app. Well, it's not the case, though, right? No, I, that would that if if it would if it if it went from something that was in my home to an omnipresent assistant, game changer. And if Google Assistant can work like that with the home, game changer, right there. And that would be the thing, the only thing that Apple could really do with a Siri assistant that would be so great is if I could have a couple of them around the place and they're all synchronized via a cloud right. or whatever. That would be huge. Okay. I mean, we should get off the virtual assistant thing. I think we should just go to. Should uh, we? It might be the maybe it is the big thing for 2017. Maybe it is the big thing. I mean, especially I'm, when you I'm, include bots in the back end that these virtual assistants can trigger for you. So you don't even have to write the core piece of software running on the assistant. You just have to be able to hook into one of the bots or APIs that it can go to. And you can just be one of the many cogs. That, I mean, that makes them because you, when you're talking at the bot level, in theory, you could, you could build the bot in a way that it could work with Google Home or Alexa and just answer differently depending on which device is communicating with the bot. So this could be, if you look at bots and how they could interact with these devices, not even right. necessarily the bot running on the device, but the bot running on a server that's then doing the work for the device and, and exchanging information, that could be a huge market for 2017. If, no, I, I think it is, right? I think bots are a huge market. I just – the problem I have is I don't know how you get around this platform lock-in, particularly with Apple. Yeah, well, here's that. Or, yeah, or Googs. Well, even – but Google, you know what? They're more willing to look the other way on Android, right? So I, th- I, I, I believe in 2017, the one to watch will be Microsoft. There is – they have – I think you're on crack cocaine, but go ahead. Well, we'll see. We will see. This is a product – this is this is how I'm viewing this. When Microsoft launches their new uh, their new thing that they announced for twenty, I can't remember the name. I'm sorry. I'm I'm not like I'm super fired up about it, but I still think this is going to be the case. In 2017, when they release their Home Assistant, their Cortana Hub or whatever it is, it's I a service hub. Yeah, I think that's going to be a um, well, we'll see. But that might be a more agnostic platform right. solution than Google. So I think that Microsoft has had the most interesting announcements of 2016. And they have more than anyone else actually put up when they've showed up, right? They've actually, 
you know what? They've come with products. They've come with services. They've come with the you know body right. API. Let's 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 do DigitalOcean, and then let's come back and talk yeah. a little bit about that because uh, I get a lot of crap for being mean to Microsoft. And you're right; they actually, looking back at it, had one of the most interesting years. And let's just take a moment and thank DigitalOcean for sponsoring Coder Radio this year. DigitalOcean.com. Go over there and create an account, and then apply our promo code Coder Digital, and it's one word, and you get a ten dollar credit. And you can create a droplet. You can try out DigitalOcean and really get a feel for how great their interface is. And they have data centers all over the world. And you can start in less than 55 seconds with pricing plans starting at $5 a month or you can go hourly. Just go look what you can do for two cents an hour. <laughs> I was talking to – oh, shoot. I forgot the number. I was talking to Alan Jude though on TechSnap last week. It's in last week's episode. I think he said something like he spun up 36 droplets over the weekend using their straightforward API. So that way he just had additional scalability as he needed it. That's a great use for DigitalOcean. Yesterday, I spun up – no, two days ago, I spun up a NextCloud droplet. I went with Ubuntu 16.04 LTS base droplet image in the San Francisco data center. And then I used Snap to install NextCloud 10. I got it all set up. and I was like, oh, I want NextCloud 11. I upgraded using Snap to NextCloud 11. And all of this was done in like 15 minutes, including creating the server, setting up the DNS, changing my root password, all of it. Just boom, 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 boom. And now I can just check a box and add my SSH keys when I spin up a machine. It's so nice. They've got a great interface. So if you're a noob... You're going to have no problem, and if you're an expert, you're going to appreciate some of the little tiny details that they've paid attention to. And they also have great documentation, including a write-up on how to centralize your Docker logs. Go over to DigitalOcean.com, use our promo code CODERDIGITAL, it's one word, and a big thanks to DigitalOcean for sponsoring the Coder Radio Program. Promo code CODERDIGITAL. So, Mr. Dominic, I really do think Microsoft uh, had a pretty interesting year, and I actually think... We have reason to believe 2017 may have a few announcements and surprises in it that were bigger than what we heard this year. If the little birdies that are in my family that work at Microsoft, if if what they say ships is going to ship, it's going to be a it's going to be a really big deal. And I if and it's going to make some of the stuff that came out this year seem like small stuff. But I don't I don't want to downplay what has happened because they have had a huge year. Yeah. So. Can I put on my tinfoil hat? Oh, Let me fry some bacon. Can right. I borrow some bacon? Yeah, I got. I actually have a little bit of bacon right here. If you want to, just I uh, just got it from the grocery store next door. You know, I've seen a lot of press on the Touch Bar, basically trying to make the MacBook Pro Touch Bar make sense. I've seen a lot of press apologizing for Apple Cloud services, or denigrating them, but still, you know somehow saying the iPhone 7 is the best phone of the year. Well, that's, the that, that's true. That is true. <laughs> well, I know, Chris. I know. Um, how come no one's like, maybe it's the tech blogs I read, The Verge, Recode, which are now the same people, TechCrunch. No one's really like off, you know, singing the praises or following Microsoft in what I think is the, frankly, quantity that they should be, right? With the frequency that they ought to be. I well... Mean, you know, punch they, for punch, Microsoft I certainly has had a better year than Apple. I don't think you could argue that Apple had a better year in terms of interesting announcements for the tech community. I would say that part of the problem is is that what Apple dabbles in uh, consumer devices is much easier for them to wrap their head around aesthetics-wise, design-wise, build-wise, consumer experience-wise, market uh, product chain-wise. But what, what, what Microsoft is building, which is highly more – technical and 
intellectual and behind closed doors in a data center, it is much harder for them to understand. You can you can be somebody who's worked with Microsoft for 10, 15 years and not fully understand the, the licensing scheme of Microsoft's commercial software. I mean, look at Paul Throt. The band's followed them his entire career, and he still gets confused by the dynamics of Microsoft licensing. Uh, my love, my love, my love, my love. Do you remember three years ago when I was saying that I, I felt like designers had really taken over the whole tech space and development community? Mm-hmm. Is it possible that they've also done the same thing in tech journalism, where everything is from a design perspective? Well, everybody's an arm, armchair Johnny Ive now. Everybody right. is. Everybody's, everybody you, has to be perfect. It has to be metal. It has to be glass. You know, I have read more about fucking bezels this year than about what I think was probably the most interesting release of the year from from I, any of the big – and I'll even add Amazon. I usually say big three, but big four companies, which was probably the Microsoft bot framework. I think that was probably the best announcement of the year. Um, the Google Actions might beat it, but it you know just happened a week and a half ago, so I'm still a little uneasy on it where I've had months to play with the uh, bot framework. And it got like it got announcement, it got reviews, it got like write ups, but then it was gone. Where you know the the freaking MacBook Pro, which I get it. I wanted a new MacBook Pro. I didn't get what I wanted, but I know there was. I can explain demand. it to you. Do you want to? You I can. I'll give you an analogy. No, just just hold out for like one second, right? It's a freaking laptop. The man's got a point. There are a dozen other laptops you can buy. I, I, okay, go ahead. I'm, I'm just saying, is. right? Like, the problem is, it's just like when you're in a meeting and you, you, everybody's everybody's silent when there's really important technical decisions that need to be fully considered. The, everybody is kind of just shuts up and, and just follows your lead. And then when it gets to, well, what color should the background be? Every single person at the table has an okay, opinion. But, but you know what? The meeting is full of accountants and PR people. I expect, sorry about that. I expect tech journalists to be, you know, forward leaning. You know, they should see a technology and see what it could do, not what it's already doing, right? They shouldn't say, oh, well, no one uses the Microsoft framework yet because, you know, it's brand new. Well, of course it's brand new. But, you know, have a little bit of creativity and look at it and look at the possibilities. And this is not like Microsoft is not paying me. I have been very critical of Microsoft in the past. This is not anything like shady going on. But you know what? If it was the Mycroft uh, bot framework or the Facebook bot framework, I'd be saying the same thing. Why is it that, and maybe I'll just put it bluntly, why do I get multiple Verge, Recode, TechCrunch, Arts Technica reviews of Apple changing icon colors and, you know, (laughs) the keyboard in the MacBook Pro, but someone releases actual new developer-focused technology that, that could, and that's a big could in italics, right, could change the way people live their lives. Why does that get a cursory look? It has to be that they don't understand it. and they, It's too hard. So you're, you're telling me... I think they that, bought into the believe. Apple hype, too. I think as Apple got sort that of... I would as the that iPhone was really at its yeah. peak trajectory, and it was... Well, Apple must be right because what's making the iPhone win? Well, it's design. It's attention to detail. That's what's making the iPhone win. So that's how we're going to view everything. And then that's and, – and, and Samsung and all the others, they also played along. But the, the, the mobile phone, it, it allowed people to sort of 
decide what are all of the things we collectively are decide are important, and that is by which we will measure all. When in reality, that's never, ever going to be a one-size-fits-all solution that actually works. That's just what the market lazily arrives to. So that way, well, this is how you do it. This is what the review is. These are the things you talk about. Boom. Review done. Ship it. Put some ads on it. And instead of actually taking a practical, deep look at something, there's very, very few reviews out there. There are some, but they're like they're like the, they're like the special little roses of reviews out there that people flock to. Garbage, Chris. That's garbage. I mean, maybe I'm being old man Mike again. You know, putting on my curmudgeon cane. But I remember buying physical tech magazines. Do you remember those? Oh yeah. Remember Borders, the oh, yeah. store that Amazon sure. murdered. Um. And like having really deep reviews. Now, maybe I didn't always agree with the review and given my youth at the time, I never did. But like they would actually look at the system from a from a, of course, a design perspective. Yes, but also a technical a development a system admin, the whole, you know, not just this dogmatic focus on user experience, this whole a more a, a wider view of not only what is the system now for users, but what can it be extended to be? By third-party developers, or indeed the first-party developer, and I just, I just, I mean, maybe I'm going to the wrong websites. If somebody could set, share with me a link on, on on our subreddit, I'd appreciate it. But all I'm seeing out of the tech press is like, you know, X millimeters thinner, and mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, the, the the Apple Mail app changed. Who cares? You are not the mainstream media. That's what I expect from CNN. That's what I expect from the Wall Street Journal. You are the tech press. I expect something yeah, the, the, see, the tech, much more ambitious. The problem is the tech press is worse. Uh, that's the issue. Like, you know, and it's it's everywhere. It's every aspect of it. There are there are definitely times where like, well, we'll, well, the Linux Action Show will do a pretty in depth review of a distribution, um, and then I go read other reviews, and it's obvious they barely even used it. They barely even oh, used okay. it, but they still get but, lots of traffic, lots so, of reads. So, not everybody needs to do like a, uh, oh my God, John Syracuse review sure. of Mac OS, right? right? Like when I do a bunch of reviews, I listen to Linux action reviews and then I write my own. And yours are much more focused on the wider use cases. I focus specifically on what I do, right? Mm-hmm. That's okay, right? There can be reviews that are just for people who do development. There can people be reviews just for the common user. But when I'm going to the tech press... My expectation is is not the common user; it's either power users or maybe that maybe that is the failing on me. You, you right. st- that's how it used to be, yeah. And it really it has transitioned. It transitioned a while ago. And, you know, that's one of the things. Not to toot our own horn, but that's one of the things that JB tries to do, do is stand out. Is we try to have more than just the Silicon Valley surface level discussion of tech news. Like, okay, why do I need to know what Jack Dorsey thinks of everything? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The whole other problem, but yeah. I, yeah, people like, you know, people in the real world don't care nearly as much about Twitter as the tech press thinks they do. You know, I'm starting to care. I'm not, and I tweet, as people know, I tweet. In fact, I had a party with my friends and, uh, you know, real world friends, not tech friends. And they were all kind of making fun of me. Like, you tweet like 10 times a day. It's crazy. They all hate Twitter. They absolutely hate Twitter. Because, you know, everybody's monsters on the internet, right? I... I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wishing back to the late '90s, right? I'm looking for a world that doesn't exist anymore. And that's out, there are few of them out there, but well, I mean, I'll give him credit, right? Therat.com. Paul Therat actually does what I want. He just does it on stuff I don't necessarily care yeah. about. Yeah, that's that's part of what's going on. Is right. uh, there's, there's there are some people that hyper cover. Like you could go find right. a lot of really great in depth coverage on ham radio stuff too. 
Sure. Well, I mean, <laughs> I guess I could, but yeah, it's the the issue yeah. is that when it comes to like the stuff that like every that affects everyone's lives, the more general stuff, we really have fallen down there. And the issue is, is that's that's almost the most egregious because that is the one that actually affects the most people. Well, my issue is that you know, in the same breath, the same journalists seem to complain about like stagnation, right? Well, if you're only covering the newest iPhone and you know the very, very minor changes and point updates to Mac OS, and I don't mean to criticize the Apple fanboys, right? It could be the, you know, I mean, I, the more I get into Linux, the more I realize Ubuntu is the Mac OS of Linux, right? It's the prepackaged, done for you, has the most mind share. You know, I don't want to hit this too hard. I'm going to back off from this, but (laughs) I'm noticing like I'm looking at some Ubuntu sites and I'm looking at like The Verge and I'm noticing a lot of similarities there where there's like almost like a cultural aspect to it Mm, that mm -hmm. seems very top down rather than democratic. Anyway, Chris, save me. I, I really don't want to piss off Mark Shuttleworth. Today. I think that's. I think it's. I don't. No, I think it's a fair observation. He is a. He is a benevolent dictator of Ubuntu. Uh, that's. That is his. His gerb. Um, all right. So we have. Can we talk about Swift real fast? Tech press in 2016. Total crap. Probably going to be 20, 2017 crap too. But yeah, do you want to talk about Swift? Do you really? I, I actually do. All right, lay it on me. I mean, how so, how have you? Your I would say this in to my in my seat. It seems your view of Swift has softened. And improved quite a bit over 2016. Yeah, I mean, I, I've also done less of it, though, right? So it's had fewer opportunities. That helps. Boy, off. that sure helps. <laughs> um, you know, I still don't think Swift is a thing that needs to exist. I get the type safety and all, and we're not going to go back to the, listen to the back catalog if you're really curious about this, but. I'm following the evolution mailing list. I'm following the Swift GitHub. And it does look like 2017 is going to be a much less painful year for folks using Swift. Um, Which I think will actually help Swift adoption. So I'm going to go on a limb and say that Swift will be one of the major languages in 2017. And I think it will eclipse Objective-C. All right. I mean, not 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 in Eatontown, New Jersey. I can assure you of that. But <laughs> you're not like I mean, talking like uh, you're going to start seeing it on Android big, though. No, 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 no. Because all right, but I mean, I, that would be I, a bold, I, daring prediction that you'd probably get wrong. Yeah, I, you know, Android is. I think they're just going to stick with Java, right? I mean, why why would they move? It doesn't make sense. They sure give us something great to talk about. Well, TechPress would have something to do if they decide to do anything about it. Hmm. Boom. Hmm. Kapow. Well, I got a couple things I want to throw at your face. Please. Uh, have you tried the Mario run at all? Do you care? Have you tried it? Yeah, I have. They gave, they got $10, and then they got like a two-star review. Oh, snaps. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry. When you're crashing on my brand new iPhone 7. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Did you? Okay. So let's talk about that, GitHub, and then... Um, I have to ask you about that Windows server. But first, linuxacademy.com <laughs> slash coders. linuxacademy.com slash coders. Go there. Go there and get a seven-day free trial of the Linux Academy platform. A great place to learn more about the itty-nitty, itsy-bitsy details of Linux or all the big stuff. We were just talking about Azure and Microsoft. You can get courseware on that. If you want to go get your certs, they have great tra- courseware that gives you specifics to prepare and man – you combine that with their labs to give you hands-on scenario-based training, and the two will probably, if you're like me and you test like a jerk, 
will probably help you do a lot better. Their community is active. It's vibrant. It's full of Jupiter Broadcasting members. They have lab servers they spin up on demand. They have new courses they've just started. In fact, I would also check out their uh, Twitter feed. They had, a, uh, had some very fun bowling pictures posted. Also, a little, uh, a little link to some new content that some of their instructors are working on. Check out their practice exams and the uh, course scheduler, too, if you have a busy day. They have iOS and Android apps to help you do it on the go. You can do it in the bus. You can do it in the car. You can do it while you're walking down the side of the street. Do what? Learn. LinuxAcademy.com slash coders. Big thank you to Linux Academy for sponsoring the Coder Radio program. I also recommend you check out their Twitter feed at LinuxAcademy.com on Twitter. And I haven't checked today, but just a couple days ago I was looking. They still have some new positions open. So if uh, you're looking for a job and uh, you want to know more, you can go to linuxacademy.com slash careers. I believe they had some back-end positions open as well as some instructor positions. So check it out, linuxacademy.com slash careers because they're growing like crazy and always adding to new content. linuxacademy.com slash coders there. Coders is where you go, though, to support this show, linuxacademy.com slash coders. Thanks, Linux Academy. So uh, GitHub is uh, not doing so good. They lost $27 million in 2016. So it was 2016 was not a great year for GitHub either. That was according to an income statement. Wait, wait, no, in California, that's good, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, what's, what's nuts is it generated $95 million in revenue during that same period, So they, but they ended up losing $27 million for 20 So, So actually, one thing we didn't talk about is GitHub changed their repo pricing plan in 2016, which is actually, why are the cops always right outside my office? Hang on. You know, they're coming to get you. They're coming to get you. Yeah, you're right. That's a bad good point. Bad boys, bad boys. Uh, yeah, so they lost 27 mil. Was that the number? Yeah. After taking How in 95. How do we feel about this, Chris? Because I sounded off on Reddit, and I got a lot of I agree, one slap down, and then on Twitter, I got a lot of, well, you just hate startups. Well, I just – I would really – I really hope uh, that, uh, that maybe they just lean up. My – so I really like – I think that's a cool company. So you like fire a bunch of people, <laughs> basically. Actually, if they just didn't have like such – such expensive offices and such fancy. I, I'm sorry. You're saying your lobby is not a replica of the Oval Office? <laughs> yeah. I, and also yeah, – there, There's actually is. Yeah. And also they tend to have one of the most expensive booths at um, events with like – sometimes they have like three or four spaces they've bought out and they bring in DJs and couch equipment and big screens and lights and smoke effects. I mean they, they, these guys spend tens of thousands of dollars at events they have a big budget they're working with. They maybe there's just like I I don't I could just say you know just trim just trim a little bit. You know I'm having a hard time with the GitHub case because I don't really see them when I think startup I think like a couple guys in a one or two room office. Yeah, not multi billion dollar company that can't seem to make money. Jesus, they lost sixty six million in nine months. Woo. Yeah, that is. Uh, I mean, well, one of the things they were doing is they were really pushing into the enterprise, right? Yep. Yep. Popo and 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 into uh, police enforcement, I believe, too. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's been things are getting rough here. So I've been seeing a lot of I've been seeing a lot of uh, Mario's too expensive. Mario Run is yeah. too expensive. It's ten bucks. How dare Nintendo? Ten bucks. And I I really hate seeing that. I mean, who says what is too expensive? Ten bucks for a Mario game. Back in my so my day. issue is not that it's expensive. My issue is that it doesn't like work. I have not had any problems, but I have not played it very much. Really? What's, what's happening to you? What's happening over there? Uh, it like habitually crashes on my iPhone Seven. Really? How like at any particular place or like? 
I'm only into like World Two uh, or something. It seems to be if I try to unpop his bubble, which I know sounds weird, but you know, like when you you fall yeah. off a cliff or yeah, something. I do that all the time. It, that seems to crash it more. I don't know if it's because I'm hitting the screen too many times because I miss, and it's like doing something with each parse. Uh, I do know that the game is always online, so I'm not wondering if there isn't like. What do you a think about thing. that? What do you think about that? I think that's actually like retarded. Like yeah. that's really bad. They say it's to help private uh, piracy to prevent piracy. Yeah, I mean Nintendo doesn't even. People are going to pirate your game anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, they're just going to use DNS tricks or something. Right, and also your game is ten bucks. Is it? Is there that much? Is it? Was it worth it to implement this piracy tracking thing? I don't know. It's not a bad game. I, I'm actually they, happy that it exists. They probably the intend to use it on all of their future games, I would imagine. Yeah. See, but the, my problem is this is the exact game like I would want to play on an airplane, right? Mm-hmm. And I can't. Yeah. Um, you know what the great thing about a Nintendo Game Boy is? What? You can play it on an airplane. Yeah, that's true, or a DS or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right, whatever yeah. they call it now. Yeah. I'm thinking the old Game Boys. You but. old man. Yeah, I, I think it's fun. I think it's fun. That's why I didn't, I didn't. We don't have to spend a lot of time on it, but it is fun. It's noteworthy. It did a ton of no, damage. I don't think it, it, like, I don't think like deserves all the hate it's getting, but I, I, I definitely think that the, the always online sort of uh, requirement doesn't make sense. It broke through Pokemon Go records, um, which is yeah. That's a whole other thing. Pokemon Go is like circling the drain, according to Recode. <laughs> yeah, which I find hard to believe given the amount of money they make. <laughs> Wow, things are different in California. They're probably making Nintendo's probably making a lot of money though. Yeah, I think they are. I, I, th- I mean, is this something we're going to see continuing licensing deals with big gaming companies? Because if so, and if I were an independent game developer, I would be shitting my pants. Um, yeah, I think so. I think you are. I think okay. this. I think this is this. They're going to do more of this after the, Why? Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they do Metroid runs, Zelda runs? Well, I don't know why they did it like three years ago, right? I mean, to me, this is obvious. Yeah, I know. And now, I mean, how could they not at this point? How could they freaking right. not? Free money. Yeah. And yeah. Apple, I love how Apple selectively promotes things like this. Oh, boy, do they, huh? Yeah, yeah. that whole push notification for when the end, when the app is available. You open up the app store, there's like four banners for Mario Go. Yep, yeah, and yeah. it's been up there since the day of the keynote. Basically pushing it. I think they were hoping to sell some, probably some iOS devices with this for the holidays. You think? Maybe people are buying yes, some. Was, yeah, they were pushing the exclusive. Yeah, that's interesting yeah. too. But hey, we'll see. How long? Okay, should we start the Android clock? Uh, so, how long into 2017 until Mario Run is available? I think June. You think they must have built it cross-platform to begin with, at least at some level? So they must have just like. I would be amazed if this isn't written. Uh, you know, Nintendo does have a relationship. When I back in another life, when I briefly was doing Wii U development, um, they do have a relationship with Unity. Hmm. So you don't think there's a chance that it'll never come to Android? Oh no, I think it's absolutely. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, I think it's written in Unity. Yeah, I don't. I or just can't. Like no it. way. Well, okay. I would say yeah. I think June too. I think June is a good. I think that's a good time. That's a good guess. So, why, why, why would they not use Unity, though? That's the toolkit that they push on their developers. Um, I don't know. Remember, they, remember, they have, I mean, maybe we've never talked about this, but... For, if they did, there's for, no, like, branding that comes up when you launch the game. They're Nintendo. They just threw some money at them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, guys, go away. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe so. Community needs the money. So, okay, thanks. Bye. I wonder if anybody out there in the audience knows. Let us. I would love to know. I mean, maybe it's like a C plus plus thing that they're doing. It's all in Swift, Mike. One hundred percent Swift three. I I that would be like the dumbest decision ever. All right. Speaking of dumbest decisions ever, uh, did Ooh. you just get a dedicated Windows server? What the hell is going on? I'm go- sorry. The connection seems to be breaking there up. Was you- the, I get on Twitter this morning. There's a turd in my stream about some lunatic buying a dedicated Windows server. Yeah, you must be confused. I I don't know. Oh, that's, that's a very convincing screenshot you just put up there, though. It's negative in the freedom dimension. So what's going on over there? Some sort of .NET shenanigans? What's going on? Uh a little bit of dot net shenanigans. Yeah, we're just we're just trying to help somebody out. All right, man. I love it. Just trying to, so, trying what to is that experience out. like? Are you able to remote desktop into it? Could you get like a full Windows? Yeah, it's a box, right? It's a Windows box. It's not even a. It's not even a VPS. It's like an actual piece of metal. Uh, this is a. No, it is a piece of metal. I think actually, I think this one is a piece of metal. I, I hate to tell you, there are others. There have it's been not, others too. There, yes. I can't, believe I'm find, I can't believe I'm finding no, out I like know. this. I know. This is like, there have been Azure instances. I mean, it's really, I don't know what to say, Chris. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I Well, somehow we'll rebuild and move forward, I guess, somehow. I On a digital open tr- ocean droplet. How, yeah. How is that process, though? Is it, has it all been? I, Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, spinning up a new Windows box is never fun. I foresee no more of those in 2017. No, I, I kid. You probably will have. No, here's the problem, right? I've been going this enterprise legacy way, and this is just the way of the world. Um, you know, I've migrated more access databases than I care to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, one would be more than I care to talk about, but you oh. get my point. Yeah, it's it's just not a happy place. I say that uh, we have some good, fun predictions for 2017 from the audience if they were willing go to coderadio.reddit.com look it. for 236 you can just leave a comment on the 236 thread if you will and uh, let us know what you're seeing coming down the pipe for 2017 because i might get our wheels spinning for next episode boom new yeah. year yeah. new problems now next week we will not be live we will have a clip show uh, that uh, was put together using rekai's total beard program it's it's very advanced and so it's a great selection of clips and it might be a good one to introduce a friend to the show, too, if you want to share the link for the holidays. Share Coda Radio for the holidays, Mike. Right? Got to share That's it. right. And yeah. for Kwanzaa. Yes, of course. And now, is there anything else we want to cover in this week's episode of the Coda Radio program, Mr. Dominic? No, I just want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Yeah. And uh, remember, it is okay to spin up a Windows box if you don't inhale. If they want to get a little of that holiday cheer online, where would they find you? They could go to DominicM.com or Buccaneer.io. I love it. You can find me at Chris LAS, the network at Jupiter Signal, the subreddit, coderadio.reddit.com, live times at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. And then we are live, which is just about every dang Monday. We do it over at jblive.tv. So why not come and join us one time? And Or you can be on the other end of it. Just sit back and let us come to you. Just subscribe to the RSS feed, and then you'll get an episode every single week. Okay, everybody, thanks so much for tuning this week's episode of the Coda Radio program. Have a great holiday, and we'll see you right back here next year.